Because at first I'm like, what are you talking about? And I looked, I'm like, oh shit, you're playing the one-eyed monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I'm your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. Smokabongus, and in my second seat here, as always, is my co-host, Ty. Hey, what's up? Only the clouds, Ty, and speaking of clouds... You can download your podcast on various apps, so please make sure that whatever app you're listening to us on, you're rating and reviewing us, leaving some nice reviews. And uh, you know what? If it's good enough, we will uh, we'll we'll read it here on the podcast and Whoa. give you your due. Yeah, for 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 showing your support. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, please remember to like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, so today. In case it's any mystery, we are going to be reviewing, now it's a Disney classic. When it came out, it you know prob- probably wasn't. It was part of the new age of Disney films. But uh, we are going to be reviewing Pocahontas. Yeah, it's the most uh, historically accurate film of all time. Indeed, it was not. And uh, yeah, I, I had never seen this movie before, as I might have mentioned previously. I didn't really have a grow up with a lot of... Yes, that's... That's the short way of saying exactly what I was saying. So, yes, I didn't really have a childhood or, or a typical one at that. So I didn't really grow up with the Disney films. Ty, have you seen this movie before uh, reviewing it for the pod? Yes, I I, um, I grew up in the in the Renaissance era of Disney movies. So I saw all the 90s Disney movies and Pocahontas <laughs> was one of them. So I've seen it many, many times. And I loved it as a kid. I really, really did. Yeah, I think uh, my wife was watching it a few years ago, and it was on, but like I wasn't really paying attention to it, and that was about it. Uh, but guess what, guys? Um, there, there's 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 a lot to say about this movie. Uh, so before we do, I just want to let everybody know that I'm putting my ear to the ground. And do you know what I'm hearing, Ty? Is it some sort of spoiler warning? My. Gods. Yes, it is a spoiler warning from Mother Gaia herself to tell us that if you have not seen Pocahontas but want to listen to the rest of this podcast, well, you should watch the movie because we are going to be going in depth with the plot spoilers here, okay? We're going from beginning to end, everything throughout uh, for this movie that is titled Pocahontas, but I believe should actually be named John Smith, and we'll go into that <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in a little bit. So, yes, spoiler warning is in full effect. Please. Watch the movie if you don't want to be spoiled. Looking back, I see the plot spoiler in the rearview mirror. Going forward, Ty, please give us a plot. Pocahontas, an English soldier and the daughter of an Algonquin chief, share a romance when English colonists invade 17th century Virginia. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, just as simple as <laughs> as the movie decides to go. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much it, you know. It's it's just as uh, shallow. Um, what did you love about this movie originally, Ty? Tell me, tell me what really attracted you to it uh, when you you know when you thought back to viewing it as a kid. Um, I've always loved a good romance, which is you know I know cheesy, uh, but even as a kid, I was really obsessed with like you know like beautiful love stories, and I love the idea of these people from two different, totally different backgrounds, you know, falling in love and learning more about each other and. 
Um, I always loved that Pocahontas, you know, was so in touch with nature and animals, and you know, John Smith was kind of was kind of badass. I thought, you know, like he was diving into the water and saving people, and you know, he becomes a little bit of a softy as the movie goes on. So I don't know. I just always enjoyed that as a kid. Um, uh, the color of the wind, or the wind is like one of the best songs probably in Disney history. It's really really good. Um, so yeah, that's what I enjoyed as a kid. For for everything that I'm going to say during this podcast, I will say that there there are some real nuggets in this movie that I did enjoy, and uh, Colors of the Wind was one of them. I I was crying my eyes out once. Yes, yes, I was stoned. Okay, when I was watching this movie, <laughs> That's shocking. And damn it, I might be now too. But literally, I sent you a picture, Ty. You know what? I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, it was beautiful. Of, uh, my first time actually listening to Colors of the Wind. And, um, and yeah, I was actually, I was crying. I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, but, that song uh, just hits you, man. Like, I think it was, I was five or six when this came out and like, I didn't understand everything that the song was saying, but like, it still touched something like in my soul, you know, where, where I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you know about the animals and about nature and like, you understand, you know, and it's like, when you really break down the, the history of, of the invasion of, of the Americas, you know, and, and how the indigenous people were so... I think like in touch and just caring about the about the planet and, and about you know life um and and what we kind of came here and did to it, it it's really kind of sad you know they they really understood it a lot better than than europeans and the spanish did and and it, it just it's a real tragedy yeah i uh i mean we'll probably call upon several lyrics from from several different songs in this movie but just in colors of the wind i believe she says you you think the earth is a dead thing you can claim and um yes. you know like this it, it this is still like I'm, i don't know it's not that nuanced like they knew that back in 95 right yeah. and environmental groups have been claiming this stuff for since before that and now we're still facing extinction through climate change so like right what what is um what is it the t- 29th 27th storm uh to ramp up in the atlantic this year uh we i believe we just broke a record for it um it might be theta or ada i believe ada might be hitting florida again but like yeah um it it, it rang true then it, it rings true now and um i want to uh obviously while commending that that song uh sung by the second uh popular character of the movie the second protagonist pocahontas (laughs) i want to talk about the main character john smith and uh i I want to tell you why i believe john smith is the main character of this film have you ever seen princess mononoke i um i've seen it but i was kind of young okay like it's the same thing i didn't really appreciate it like i'm sure mononoke is better it's called no no no, in regards to like the main character it's called princess mononoke but the main character is Prince Ashitaka, and he he is the one that we follow throughout the movie, but the, the story really revolves around Mononoke, and I think it's the same thing with Pocahontas. So I, I definitely already see kind of where you're going with this, and I, I agree. I think they're, the way they framed it was more from John Smith's perspective, because they're trying to... to to uh, go to a, to a mainly white audience, you know, Disney movies, and... I think, you know, by having Pocahontas as being like this, this kind of like angelic like princess character, but you're really following John Smith's journey, it was easier to relate to for white kids like me. Oh yeah, this was this was definitely from a from a Eurocentric uh point of view. I was surprised when the movie started off and 
it doesn't start off in the new world with uh you know with chief powhatan's tribe it starts off in in england with uh you know with the virginia company signing up and and getting on board and everything and uh and so there is something known as the hero's journey and i have a rough layout of the hero's journey in front of me (laughs) and um the the first the first uh of the first three part um three sections of part one which is the call to adventure uh john smith has two of these and um and that is uh the ordinary world you know we we see we see his world we see the call to adventure when he finally goes uh goes onto the ship and uh there there's there is this um and what's interesting is that Pocahontas and John Smith, they both do share uh, the the heroic journey through this. One has parts where the other may not. Uh, for example, like a popular part is the save the cat moment, which is what kind of lets us know that the main character is the good, the good guy or girl. They, they, they have some sort of value that they demonstrate, not too different from the Dennis system, where they show, um, where they show like, oh, I'm a good person because I saved the cat or something. In this one, they actually give it to John Smith, and it's when he risks his life to save Thomas, played by Christian Bale, um, who, who falls overboard during the, the perilous journey overseas. And, like, John Smith is an ultimate Mike's character, dude. I, I, was, I was blown away by the big dick energy emanating from John Smith. For, for those of you who don't know, whenever we used to write stories or play action figures, Mike's character, which was mine, would always be the best at everything for no reason. He was, he was like actually the ultimate Mary Sue. Like that was, that was my character and everything. And John Smith is here. Like, you know, a, he is animated completely differently and designed completely differently than almost every other uh, person in this movie, ex- except for maybe Thomas. But uh, we'll talk about the animation in, in a little bit. I have thoughts on that, too. Um, but yeah, I, I know uh, why, too. But uh, we, we can get into yes. it later. But yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, John Smith, I mean, even when he rolls up for the boat, right? They're like, is that John Smith? Like, the legendary John Smith? Like, Holy shit! You know they're all like bugging oh out. Like, God, it's like, John they're, they're Smith. like he's a badass, and they do say you know if there's Indians to fight, he'll be there. So I guess like it kind of it kind of you know alludes to the fact that he's probably fought Native Americans before, or is like is into it. You know he's ready to do that. That's what he's here for. Yeah, he well he said that he's explored other new worlds, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know regardless of where those may be, he's had to face indigenous peoples, and uh, and he's been fine with murdering them uh, because. He never thought, oh, my God, we can have sex with them until this movie. Um, <laughs> and I think that's why they had to give him, like, some redemption by making him seem so heroic. Uh, because otherwise he's just a fucking, you know, conquering murderer. Yeah, well, it, it is interesting how they kind of seesaw back and forth. Or, or they probably see it as balancing, uh, pulling a different... Uh, uh, like a difficult balancing act. They're, they're walking this this tightrope of we we want to talk about how... The Englishmen were uh, weren't all noble. How how they how they did bad things, but also how they were just guys who were looking for opportunity, being exploited by a capitalist politician. And um, you know, I I can see that they tried to do that, but I think I think they fell on their face in doing so because when John Smith goes overboard, guess what? The other guys rush in to follow him too. Like everyone's a hero. They're all just nice guys. They don't want to fight if they don't have to, you know. But but they're you know but they're there to 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 stand up for the right thing and seize opportunity for themselves. You know they're they're all victims because they're all peasants and stuff. Well, I would I would argue if I saw them trying to, it's go. not even necessarily always a good thing. Like that you can rile them up, and we see that in real life, right? We see we've seen Trump do that uh, with people at his rallies and stuff like 
you know, as soon as somebody riles them up, they all join up, right? At the end when uh, the governor's yep. like, we're going to go to war. They're all like, all right, fuck it, we're in, you know? So all it takes is someone with a little charisma and a little confidence, and they're all going to jump on board. Um, and Especially people- if they're all, uh, like, you know, uh, theater arts majors because they all <laughs> sing, they all dance, they, they, they really all join do. in with the song. I mean, Disney, that's all they, <laughs> that's all they do. But, yeah, unless you're someone like John Smith, who, who is, you know, obviously supposed to be the hero, you're going to just follow the lead. Uh, but uh, speaking of heroes of this movie, uh, that that is part of my theory why John Smith is the is the the main protagonist of this film. But we also see another protagonist, and uh, in Pocahontas, uh, there's there's kind of this like this you know this bad streak. Like she's wild, she can't be tamed. She you know she doesn't listen to her father. She doesn't listen to anybody. She except uh, her her grandmother tree. Um, <laughs> you know, that, yes, that's all she. That's uh, all her she name is Grandmother Willow. Stuff. Thank you, Grandmother Willow. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, but but yeah. So Pocahontas's character overall, I you know, I really, I really did like her character. I just didn't like what her, you know, what her place in the story was. Uh, I, I understand to a degree, but if you if you kind of look at the history, it's similar to what how they portrayed her. Like she she was like an ambassador to to the uh, you know to the people of Jamestown in, in Virginia. Um, you know, and and she her story is in very real life or the way that no John in real Smith life wrote in it. real life you know well the way John Smith wrote yes, but she did eventually move to to England um, you know and. and you know, converted to Christianity and stuff, and we'll never really know. Oh if yeah, she was after being kidnapped it. by, yeah, forced to marry yeah, John Rolfe, yeah. and yeah, being uh, displayed as, as more of a marketing tool to get right. funding for for the New World journeys. Right, right, and supposedly, you know, a lot of her actions were um, were theater, but by, by her father, like you know, to kind of I think improve relations uh, between them and Jamestown. It was it was an interesting relationship if you look at the history. And obviously, she didn't actually have a romance with John Smith, which is, you know. Yeah, they they don't really go into uh, the the origins of Jamestown as much. We will have it in the in the show notes and sources. There there are a couple videos, not only talking about the true story of Pocahontas, but also the you know the true history of Jamestown. And uh, I've mentioned previously that it was actually the Jamestown settlers who found such a terrible piece of land that they couldn't get any resources yeah. from that they were the ones who turned to cannibalism they're the ones who were boiling leather and then drinking the water to get some sort of nutrients because uh, they were doing that badly and yeah. uh, so from, supposedly from, John Smith was the one who was able to kind of help them be more prosperous I guess when he when he was in charge and eventually I think Pocahontas was the one who helped them uh, grow tobacco, right? Which helped them kind of flourish and, and be able to sell it and, and things like that. See, that's actually a piece I, I didn't know. They didn't mention that in the uh, two YouTube videos I looked up. <laughs> um, I, did, I did note that Pocahontas was originally 10 years old. Yes, um, yes. At the, at the, at the time young. of this. Ty, did you know that when I first hit P in Disney Plus in the search bar that Pocahontas wasn't even on the first page of results? <laughs> really? I know Peter Pan yep, came I had up to, as soon as I put P in. I had to put P-O. I had to put P-fucking-O. You know, the, the interesting thing about the movie is that it didn't do as well as Disney thought it was going to. So, I don't know if you read this, but apparently they, they felt it was going to be this prestigious project 
that was possibly going to win them all these uh, Academy Awards. And there was a lot of people that were working on The Lion King that actually left that project to work on Pocahontas because they thought it was the better project. Um, and they, they really expected this to be like their greatest film. And I don't think it did uh, super well financially um, compared to some of the other Disney films of the 90s. And uh, while you know, critics didn't hate it, they didn't love it as much as, as was expected. So that was kind of a shock for them. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised by that, but, um, you know, now Disney is killing it with more diverse content and, uh, and the superior film Moana, um, which which we'll we'll have to do another time because it's one of my favorite, uh, Disney movies ever. But, um, I have to rewatch it. I didn't, I didn't love it the first time I saw it, but I didn't hate it. I know you told me that actually I didn't love it the first time I saw it either, honestly. Um, but, uh, but, but then like, I don't know when I, when I just, when I really watched it, but anyway, this, this isn't about Moana. Um, uh, my point is, is that like now they're, you know, they're killing it with, with their diverse content. Um, uh, maybe they jumped the gun a bit in, in the nineties with, even with as much as they whitewashed this, I guess they thought that it was going to be more popular. I think it probably was on home video though. I think that, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, for those of you who don't really know, there there are two distinct. I mean, there are a few different markets, but two of the distinct ones are how a film does. Uh, you know, obviously gl- globally, which is internationally and nationally, but on home video, there are specific genres that actually are are still keep getting made because as terrible as they as terribly as they do in theaters, they actually kill it on home video. I'm not sure how it goes now with streaming necessarily. Yeah, that's definitely changed things. Yeah, but you know, like when VHSs and DVDs were popular, there was a, a huge market for that. Well, they so they I, felt sure the need to make a sequel, even though that was straight to home video. So maybe that that explains it, you know, right there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that I was explaining something that could actually be backed up. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I am smart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this was like the first Disney film I think to have an interracial relationship, which is you know huge. And and Disney did do certain certain things that were like. You know, uh, really accurate. Like they tried to get a lot of um, you know Native American um, voice actors and stuff to to voice these characters, uh, and, and you know I think they they did make certain efforts. Um, they they employed Native American consultants. They had a session with a real shaman. Um, they they were they were definitely trying to make it you know as as accurate and. Uh, in, in certain ways as they could and then totally changing the story and others so and that is mentioned in this article i found from lakotachildren.org uh, which will also be in the show notes and sources it says reservations about films disney's pocahontas i'm just going to read an excerpt or two from it while the film does not portray native americans in an overtly racist way like peter pan did decades before it presents a fictional account about real people in a manner that misleads its childhood audience and others in creating the 1995 film disney's first animated film about a real historic figure disney did its research and set out to present a politically correct product in fact disney contracted with many native american advisors who signed off on the film during production and before its release In order to create an entertaining film suitable for small children, however, the Disney team altered many historic details about Jamestown, Pocahontas, and the era in which they lived. 
So what is a filmmaker to do? This is toward the end of the article. With great power comes great responsibility, and Disney's global influence vests it with a responsibility to present accurate information to the millions of children and others who inevitably will unconditionally accept the supposed historical and biographical information presented to them. Following the release of Disney's Pocahontas, Chief Roy Crazy Horse of the Powhatan Renape Nation summed it up. It is unfortunate that this sad story, which Europeans should find embarrassing, Disney makes entertainment and perpetuates a dishonest and self-serving myth at the expense of the Powhatan Nation. Yeah. And you can read the whole thing, you know. And I feel bad, too, because so many people love this movie. And, yep. like, you know, obviously we were just talking at the beginning. I'm like, Ty, tell me about why your childhood is Pocahontas. And you're like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> you got, like, really, like, sentimental. And I'm like, all right, so fuck this. No, movie. it's true, uh, though. It was it was actually really traumatizing to me when I found out the true story. Um, it was actually really upsetting. Not like, not like no joke. I was really, like, crushed by it because, you know, I, I have these great memories of, as a kid of watching this movie and enjoying it and, you know, loving the romance and being like, yeah, like, see, like, we can all get along. And then you find out the true history and you're like, oh, oh, God, no. So it was. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, very, very uh, upsetting. Yeah, they really present kind of a both sides story, uh, which, you know, like if if there if it weren't like it says in the article, if it weren't a historical context movie, then yes, no matter if you find an opposite group, like a group that's different from you and you speak different languages and believe in different things, you shouldn't hate them just for being different, obviously. But like actual history showed that Chief Powhatan was actually more of a diplomat than a warlord, uh, like they like they made right. him out to be. And, um, you know, they they did try at first to see how how they how they could help each other and uh, and actual history I'm not sure if it's Jamestown specifically but I know that that it's happened uh, with you know with various native tribes and uh, and you know European colonizers that like yeah once the the natives did get attacked and their women and children were you know were killed or taken for slaves and uh, yeah they did some pretty terrible things as well they they would kill men women and children. Yeah. Uh, and and take them for slaves. Slaves, by the way, you know, not that I'm saying it, it is technically the, you know, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but when those European slaves, you know, were, were freed and given the opportunity to go back to living uh, with their own people, they chose to stay with the natives. Like, they actually liked yeah. their way of life better. Mm-hmm. Like, even natives' form of slavery wasn't as cruel as the white man's form of slavery. Well, you know, they and, and I know when John Smith was in charge of Jamestown, they... They would actually exchange like uh, like young children, like between ten and fourteen, to live among the other group, to learn their their ways, so that they could help be diplomats. You know, um, I think Thomas, who was portrayed in this film, was one of the children given to uh, to Pocahontas's people to to be raised among them. Um, you know, according to John Smith, right? Because a lot of this, unfortunately, comes from him, so we can we can't really verify what's truly accurate. You know, he was a diplomat. Yeah. He he got along with the natives. You know, he. Uh, he was friends with Pocahontas. There was no romantic um, interest apparently there. But once he was injured and sent back to Europe, his successor wound up kidnapping Pocahontas, and um, you know, which began to you know her never going home, unfortunately. So you know, again, we don't we don't know how accurate that is, but according to that, there there was some sort of you know diplomacy for a while. She uh, she died from disease at age twenty one, by the way. Yeah, when she came to Europe. Can I talk about the animation real quick? Yes, let's talk about the animation. Okay, because uh, 
I'm also going to read some excerpts from a Roger Ebert review that was actually written in 95. So instead of, you know, being written from like a native standpoint, looking back, I want to see what, you know, a privileged white dude thought of it at the time it came out in the 90s. Uh, But just because he says Pocahontas is the best looking of the modern Disney animated features. So what did you think of the animation, Ty? Um, I don't think it's the best animation I've ever seen, but I enjoy it. They they use rotoscoping on a lot of it, um, so they they were you know I don't know if you were familiar with the te- technique. It's kind of like where they trace over a motion picture. Footage. I am okay, yeah. So only because I looked know. it up this morning. Yeah. But for the listeners, what is it, Ty? Uh, so rotoscoping is an animation technique that animators use to trace over motion picture footage frame by frame to produce realistic action. Um, originally, animators projected photograph live action movie images onto a glass panel and traced over the image. But I, I know, like they were, they really went in depth on animating um, Pocahontas and John Smith specifically. Uh, I think there was over fifty yep. animators on sure Pocahontas, um, like fifteen to twenty on John Smith. They 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 tried to make her look as accurate. I think they actually used one of uh, Pocahontas's um, ancestors, uh, or you know, uh, you know, someone who who you know, she was the ancestor of, of this person. They used her for for the look. Uh, so they tried to make it as, as accurate and I think like realistic as animation can be for the time. Yeah, they definitely did do that with John Smith and Pocahontas. Like from the beginning, now I don't know why this is. I am much more critical of stuff when I'm high. Um, <laughs> even the stuff I love, like I'll be like, fuck you. And I'm not even that good of an artist or actor. So I don't know why I'm the one judging other people, but I, I don't know. It's, it's just how it is. But um, it seemed like a lot of the characters were just from different cartoons put into one. And sure enough, when you look at the credits, you see that there were specific teams of people working on specific characters. Right. So the Scotsman looks like he's more from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves as one of the dwarves, while John Smith looks like a hyper-realistic alpha male. Like, he, you know, he looks like an Uberman. She's got the blonde hair and everything. Like, um, And Pocahontas, obviously, you know, she, she looked great for most of it, too. However, I do think that part of it might have been that uh, being that they're used to drawing a certain type of person, I think they might have had some more difficulties uh, with with this. And that that's just based off of my thoughts alone. I haven't seen that in any articles or anything. I'm willing to be proven uh, wrong about it. Well, I it. know they were trying to make the movements realistic, too, like by using the rotoscoping and really following like the actors' movements to see what they would do. Um, I, I just kind of felt like they did a good job portraying different types of people. It really didn't bother me at all. Well, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and, uh, you know, it might, it, like I said, it might, it might literally just be me. Can we talk about the magic for a second? The magic? The magic, yes. The magic in this movie. Did you think it was uh, cool or, or kind of, uh, kind of like, a, a appropriative? Like how, you know, they could literally talk to, talk to faces in the trees and... Um, you know, be be redirected by the, by the wind perfectly to to where you need to go. I mean, it's a Disney film, and I think you kind of get that a little bit with every Disney film. Um, there's some there's some sort of you know uh, magic to it, or or you know something obviously not super realistic. Um, and they also got to make but it charming John Smith for kids. Crew didn't have access to. Yeah, they also had you know I think they were trying to show. They, I think they felt they were showing the natives in a better light in that regard that you know again they were more in touch with nature um, things that John Smith and his people weren't considering right like you know when 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 she sings uh, color of the wind she's like you think I'm an ignorant savage you've been so many places 
I guess it must be so, but I still cannot see if the savage one is me. And I think that kind of, you know, goes into the fact that, you know, he's he's such a worldly traveler, but he, he their their intentions are just on invading. And, you know, for someone who actually takes the time to to listen to nature, so to speak, um, to, to, you know, listen to the wind and, and, and actually interact with the animals and stuff, you can you can discover something you never knew before. And I really, I kind of, you know, without the magic, believe that it's true in a way. You know, I, I do think um, that if you if you pay attention, the earth tells you what it needs as it's screaming every day right now for us to stop killing it. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's that's definitely more than fair. Uh, I have a theory. I think the wind was her mother. Okay, that's cool. I like that. You know, because at the beginning, like, um, she's talking to her grandmother in the tree, and I was like, and first thing that came to my mom was like, yo, her mom's dead. How come she couldn't come back as something? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't, was that supposed to be her secret? actual grandmother, though? I don't think so. I don't know if I don't know if it's her if it's her, her literal grandmother. Yeah. She's grandmother in title, probably. She's, she's a spirit of the forest. Yes, a spirit of the forest, which I, I have very close connection with, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, like when she needed help getting to certain place, you know, being directed, the wind was there. I think that was kind of her mom. And then at the very end, when, uh, the white men's ships are leaving and the, this wind, this incredible, powerful wind just comes out from behind Pocahontas and, and pushes the sails. I think that's her mom saying, get the fuck away from my daughter. <laughs> like, don't, don't come back. <laughs> Stay away. Maybe, yeah, um, maybe. I mean, get the fuck out of here. I don't want you. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. So can I go back to this idea of like how they had how they had like actual consultants who signed off on the movie yet? It still seemed to meet actual, uh, criticism from, from a real, uh, Powhatan chief. Right. Um, I, I think at a certain point, at least in my mind, it's kind of like, listen, the real damage has already been done at this point. Like, you know, signing off on a movie what what's that gonna do in comparison to what's already been done in history like i think it was just maybe it was just nice to have some representation you know what yeah. i mean like even though it's not accurate you know to have disney movies were particularly popular in the 90s you know like most kids were seeing them uh except for you and uh they they wanted <laughs> you know in a i think in a way it's like all right look like native american people are you know they're kind they're good like we can be friends like the message of peace is is a good one um, so in that regard, I'm sure they were like, uh, you know, they're taking liberties with the history, but at least they're portraying us, you know, as not, um, they, they actually literally use the word savages and then it's kind of turned around on them, you know? So I, I think that, that kind of was important to do. Yeah. This, and like I said, this movie, like it has its moments and it, and it keeps drawing me back in and then like kind of tricking me a little bit. Cause you know, the, you know, they're at one point they end up having a bit of a skirmish with the natives and, and they're like, Oh, why else would, would we have been attacked? Uh, you know, it must've been because they have gold that they're hiding. And, and he was like, Oh, it's because we, we came in, we dug up their land, we shot their people. Like, yeah. He, know, yeah. Wiggins, right. He, he literally says they, yes. we invaded their land, cut down their trees and dug up their earth, you know? And it's, it's comedic, but at the same time, it's pretty woke, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and John like, Smith also talks about improving the lives of the savages, right? He's like, building roads and houses yes. and Pocahontas like our homes are just fine like we don't need that and he's like no 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 like you just don't realize that you need it w- which is such a typical like you know like I know better because I'm a white male right <laughs> and uh, you know that that's him trying to tell her and she's she's responding to that's not what we're looking we don't need that from you like you want to give it to us we don't need it 
And speaking of white males who claim to know better, I want to read a little bit from this uh, Roger Ebert review uh, written in June of 95. Uh, He says, after Scar in The Lion King and the fearsome beast in Beauty and the Beast, uh, not to mention the jealous undersea denizens of The Little Mermaid and the scheming Jafar of Aladdin, the bad guys in Pocahontas seem pretty nice, really. Ratcliffe, the leader of the expedition, is shown more as a buffoon than a villain. The soldier who kills Pocahontas' fiancé immediately regrets his error. The other British soldier are essentially members of the chorus and the Indians are all of course noble to one degree or another that leaves only the concept of misunderstanding as the real villain and after Pocahontas helps the two sides communicate there's no more dramatic tension the film's ending is rather weak too after Smith describes the glories of London to Pocahontas and her eyes sparkle she decides after all that her place is here with my people and there's a bittersweet conclusion as she watches Smith's ship sail back to the old world I knew that Pocahontas visited Europe in real life and was hoping the movie would get her there too. The ending came as an anticlimax. All of these problems make Pocahontas less entertaining than it might have been, and the comic relief, the cute raccoon, the hummingbird, and the governor's dog seem obligatory after the similar creatures in the other modern Disney cartoons. What's left is simply the grandeur of the new land, which tends to ennoble all of the characters. Drawn with true artistry and evoked in musical sequences like just around the river bend, the vision is the true star of the film, and its spirit is evoked by Old Grandmother Willow, a tree that gives Pocahontas a lot of sound advice. Uh, so yeah, um, I mean, basically, it's pretty accurate in a lot of ways, right? For '95, like he says, like, oh, there is no villain because everybody just misunderstood each other, yep. which, you know, is, and it's just like they said on the Lakota website. That's kind of politically correct. Like that's the real trouble with political correctness is, you know, trying to find something that's going to please everybody instead of letting people see a harsh truth because the Disney movies. You know, they are harsh. A lot of them are based off the grim fairy tales. Like, yep. um, and they do have some very harsh themes in there. A lot of people get shot in this one, despite the fact that there's no blood. Right, right. Um, you know, there's always a there's always a dead mom or 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 maybe a dead dad, but mostly a dead mom somewhere in there. Um, you know, and that that really was my was my issue with the with the film, and it, because there, like you said, there are there are parts of it that that are absolutely uh, beautiful between the music and the visual artistry like i really did love how the environment was captured i might not have you know certain you know characters interacting with each other might have brought me out of it because like you know just different proportions different animation styles whatever but um you know i I did still squirt a tear during this film but you know the whole idea that it was like oh you know the white people hate the hate the indians because they're indian and the indians hate the white people because they're white you know, yeah, no, yeah. we could find a thing, and I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of where where you lost me with it a bit, um, which which is unfortunate. Um, we did mention that Irene uh, Irene Bedard, she has played Pocahontas since she was um, she was also in last week's episode. Uh, she was in the movie Smoke Signals when she had a live action role. Yes, yep. Do you think this inspired Mel Gibson to make Apocalypto? Um, I I don't know. If, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if directly. You know, obviously, Apocalypse was many I'm, years I'm, later. I'm <laughs> but it is interesting remember, that he directed that. Yes, remember everybody, Mel Gibson not only played John Smith, but uh, in 2006, he uh, he said that fucking Jews, the Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Um, he, uh, oh my God. He also, what did he say to his daughter exactly? He said, you look like a fucking pig in heat, and if you get 
trigger warning, uh, sexual assault. If you get raped by a pack of N-words, it will be your fault. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's important to this podcast at all, but I just felt like I needed that to That was his daughter? I thought it was milk. his girlfriend. Um, oh, baby mama. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It was his, uh, yeah, it was his girlfriend. Uh, baby mama, according to TMZ, I'm not saying that baby mama is an actual term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, baby mama, Oksana Gregorieva, Gregorieva. Um, and he also called her a whore and a cunt. But, um, yeah, but yeah, so wow. it's interesting how the mighty have fallen. Cause like he actually has such a soothing voice in this movie. He like, does. He sounds so good. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's interesting how he's an Australian actor who has to play an Englishman with an American accent. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that, that was a very interesting choice uh, for for them to make. Yeah, I think you know because they're, I mean, the audience is mainly American, so I think they were they were trying to appeal to them more. You know, um, yeah. I I don't know. It's it. I, I definitely agree. I think as a kid, you know, you don't understand the um, the nuances. You know, the of the story and of the characters. But you know, as you get older and you you look back and and I agree with that review you read. You know, like Governor Ratcliffe is a pretty weak villain. You know, uh, compared to a lot of other Disney villains, he just really doesn't do much. Um, you know, he does. He has a couple. Yeah, because of it's not. It's not like he's evil and a badass. Like he's very notably from the beginning, like a coward, uh, wealthy, rich man. Like, yeah. As opposed to, but he still know, he could have been more conniving than he was. You know, like Scar was so manipulative. Uh, you know, Gaston was so was so strong and deadly and then you, you come across this guy and he's just like he hands Thomas a gun he's like follow him kill some natives like it's just so like okay wow you know it's just it's not very impressive but uh yeah yeah it's kind of like um kind of reminds me a bit of the the bad guy in Tarzan except he was a little more willing to get his hands dirty yes yes um yep. Tarzan actually one of my one of the few I did catch as a kid and I, I enjoy it quite a bit just funny, um, this is one of, not one of my favorites, but I don't I don't hate it. It's not one of my favorites. Something about Phil Collins' soundtrack, bro. <laughs> uh, let me. Uh, so there's also um, there's also crossing the threshold after finding a mentor and helper. I'd say the mentor helper goes to Pocahontas in the heroic journey. Crossing the threshold is more of John Smith. Um, they have a test of allies and enemies. That's kind of the both of them, I think. Um, you know, obviously, there's the all is lost moment, which is pretty much after Thomas uh, shoots Pocahontas's. Uh, I don't want to say what is it. Uh, fiance. Beholden. Beholden. <laughs> fiance. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, Cocoam. I think it was Cocoam, yep. right? Yeah. And uh, then, of course, uh, the road back and the heroes return. The heroes learn something. They get a gift to take back with them, and he gets bark from Grandmother Willow's tree. And uh, and he goes back after after being injured. Apparently, these people he he's discovered how advanced these people are, but they're not advanced enough to help he, uh, heal a gunshot wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, did they, I know that they weren't able to save Cocoam because he was you know he was shot and killed right he's away dead. pretty much. But somehow yeah, what about the, survived it. <laughs> well yeah, what about the other guy who um who who was shot? There was another native. Yeah, I don't think they ever really go into it. I mean, yeah, I, I think I know the, they were trying to heal. The him. idea was, uh, you know, they were going for was that natives hadn't seen these kind of weapons before. They didn't understand, you know, probably lead poisoning and things like that that could that could occur from from the the you know the musket ball going into you. So, 
they, they had to bring him back to Europe. And, and of course, historically, John, uh, John Smith does get injured in a gunpowder accident, and he does go back to Europe, and he never returns to Jamestown. So, you know, they were trying yes. to trying to figure <laughs> that out. Um, and, yeah. and, like, I know you said you, you do feel John Smith was the hero, but, you know, in a lot of ways, if Pocahontas doesn't make... If she's not the brave one willing to interact with one of these settlers, then, then, it, this, then John Smith never becomes a hero, right? Because... He was there to kill and invade, but he learns from her, um, and she kind of makes him a better person, and ultimately saves his life, yeah, which he's, leads he's to Jake him. Jake Sully. Yeah, <laughs> which leads to him saving uh, Powhatan's <laughs> life, and uh, you know, bringing peace between the two the two groups. So it's you know, it, it, it was a mutual understanding between them. I would also like to point out during the Colors of the Wind song, there's a moment with uh, two eagles that are flying. There's a there's a there's a very strong uh, monogamy theme, by the way, in this whole movie. You know, very much you have to marry, uh, you know, uh, Cocoam and you have to find your beloved. And she's like, I don't know about that. In real life, Chief Powhatan had several wives. There's yeah. uh, non-monogamy was a lot more common among native tribes. Uh, monogamy kind of became the norm when it was introduced by Christian, uh, you know, Christianity and, uh, and stuff. But um. Yeah, there, there's these two eagles flying together, and one of them is, like, higher than the other one. And then when it looks – when they fade into the people they represent, the lower eagle is Pocahontas, the higher eagle is Johnson. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, And you know what's interesting is that they didn't – I feel like they didn't really think certain things out. Like, again, the romance with John Smith because they do a sequel, which is um, deals with her getting married and moving to England, but she marries John Rolfe, which historically she does marry. Right, but but you still have that John Smith like love story kind of hanging in the balance. So I remember being really confused as a kid watching that, and then like she doesn't even wind up with John Smith. You know, fuck this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, well, <laughs> it, that's not how it happened. You know, it never never should have happened that Technically, way. Technically, it was more accurate in the second one. Yeah, it than, was. Than it was in the first exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, oh, and, and by the way, the gunpowder accident wasn't like you know something cool like guy fox like it was he uh was smoking too close to gunpowder in the in the adam ruins everything video in the show notes they have him with a sack of gunpowder around his neck i'm not sure if that's actually how it happened that he blew up his own face with gunpowder then proceeded to write a bunch of fan fiction about how he hooked up with this this native woman who was actually much older uh in who was actually much younger than he makes her out to be and of course, you know, at the very at the very end, the way that uh, in the in the movie, the way that John gets injured is he's actually saving Pocahontas's father uh, from from Ratcliffe shooting him, and um, you know, it it really it really is a great message if it's taken out of all context and not based on real people. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, they could have done like an original story, and I think still gotten the message across but they I, they probably were hoping that the idea like hey based on true story would would draw people in more yeah and i do wonder like the question of representation like do you think it it did more to to help like is is any representation better than no representation and i know that's a very loaded question to ask but i i did want to ask you i don't know because i'm very well represented so uh, I think it's a Good question answer. I can't really answer. You'd have to ask someone uh, who's you know black or brown or just not represented well in media because I've got a I've got a million characters I can choose from. You know, I, I don't I don't have a proper answer to it either. Like because it did it did help put you know kind of at least a little bit of that narrative out into the zeitgeist. 
of like, okay, well, you know, there are people who are different than us that might have more to offer than we think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of, uh, I think it just kind of mentions the, the quote unquote woke moments just to say that it did them. Right. You know, just to be like, all right, well, Hey, listen, we did say that they were bad guys. I mean, we're representing them as, as okay, rational dudes, the Virginia company, but we did mention that they dug up the land and did bad things, but we are still saying these people are good guys overall. It's tough though. Like, how do you do that as an animated Disney film? You know, I think that's, that's the trouble. It's like, you know, it, it, you're obviously targeting a child audience. Do you really go with the, the grim facts? You know, do you have Pocahontas die in the end? Do you show, you know, she was kidnapped? Um, and I, I can definitely see why Disney executives would be like, no, 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 we ain't doing that. But again, you're, you're, you're misleading your audience. Um, and I don't know. I feel like we've yeah. seen some pretty pretty intense stuff in Disney films before. Like, you ever seen The Hunchback of, of Notre Dame? Like, there's... There's, uh, you know, they, they hate gypsies, right? That was the whole thing. They, they try to, you know, they try to kill the, the one of the main characters, Merelda, and, and the, um, the the guy from the church. He's very brutal and, and disgusting, and, like, he's a real villain. There's a whole class warfare thing, yeah, right? Yeah, like, they really, they really, differently abled person. they embrace that. So, you know, they probably could have done that more here, um, as, as, again, as we've seen in other Disney films. Uh, yeah, I just want to read this last bit from the uh, from the LakotaChildren.org article uh, under the What is a Filmmaker to Do section. And, you know, the writer does acknowledge exactly what you just did, Ty. Surely a film filled with bloodshed, smallpox, manifest destiny enthusiasts, complicated romantic relationships, the brutal kidnapping of a beautiful young Native woman who was coerced to convert to Christianity and marry an older man in order to gain her freedom it, it, involving evil characters with boring names does not provide good fodder for childhood viewing. <laughs> And would be difficult to depict through the spectacular Disney visuals we all know, love, and expect. Um, you know, I, I do think that, like, because they, with more of their recent films, like with Coco and everything and, and Moana, like, they did, and even those aren't really considered recent anymore, but, the, you know, they're recent to me. Um, you know, they, they did do a better job by being more uh, culturally accurate and less appropriative, uh, but... You know, I think it goes to what we were saying with our when we were talking about George A. Romero in Dawn of the Dead and and Night of the Living Dead, and what we were talking about with uh, Damon Lindelof and and Watchmen. I don't think it's enough to just call call someone and be like, "Hey, uh, you're of this race. Come in and tell me if this is accurate or how you would like it." If you have creative minds in the room with you who are also culturally diverse, they'll be able to bring both that cultural perspective and the writer's perspective. And that is how you get um, Galen Ross shooting the gun in Dawn of the Dead. That's how you get Dwayne Jones uh, having to fight racism in in Night of the Living Dead. That's how you get uh, accurate representations of Vietnamese people in Watchmen on HBO. Like right. you need these people in your creative spaces, and I think that comes into you know just your art benefits from having a diverse cast and crew. Yeah, creating it. It's hard though too with animated films because, like, for example, the cast never meets, right? Like they're all recording ind- independently, so you don't get that group effort. So it like, depends on the film. I don't yeah, know how this one was. This, done, one, de- most likely, this one definitely yeah, was. was. They said Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, okay, and 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 it had, it didn't meet any of the cast until like some party later on after the film was finished. So. Oh, probably better off that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always, you always wish, like, they probably could have done, like, the Sacagawea story. That would have been probably a, a better one 
for for child audiences. I feel like. Well, a lot of people thought that. Like one of the top Google searches is is Pocahontas Sacagawea, uh, but no, I believe she was actually based off of somebody uh, named uh, Moanoka. Yeah, Sacagawea is totally different. That was a Lewis and Clark expedition. You know what I mean? But that was that was an actual uh, partnership between a native and, and European, you know, um, settlers, uh, you know, on an expedition. So that, that probably could have been an easier way to portray a happier story without changing all the facts. Matawaka. Sorry. Matawaka. Ma- Matawaka. Um, when I heard in, someone say it in a video, it sounded like Metallica first. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking okay. awesome. That'd be cool. Rock on, man. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I, there's certain things again about this film that I did enjoy. Like I, I like the fact that she has, um, you know, a raccoon for a sidekick. I, mean, I know it sounds silly, but I feel like people have this conception that raccoons are like these horrible animals that you know steal your trash. But you know, they're actually can be really cute. I, you know, um, like baby raccoons. Oh, I think are, they're fucking adorable. Yeah, that can be. They're abandoned. Can be shit. raised by humans as a pet. Like they, you know what I mean. Like I, and they're not as vicious as people make them out to be. They're just animals trying to survive. So, like, you know, she was supposed to have a turkey psychic, too, and I think it would have been great, especially with the narrative of, uh, you know, you know, us eating turkey on Thanksgiving and uh, oh, yeah, not realizing that's true. How, how special turkeys really are and how yeah. beautiful they are. Moana has a chicken. I know I keep making the... Right, right, right. Yeah, but, uh, so... But, yeah, you know, things so like that. That would have been nice. And, I, you know, I, I love, like, again, you know, uh, Color of the Wind's a beautiful song, and you know, thinking about nature and, and seeing how beautiful the new world really was before, you know, the invaders came and just fucking destroyed everything and built all over it. Uh, it. It was, you know, a really gorgeous land. Which, like, I know they had currency and, and you know, ways of doing business before the Europeans ever came, but, like, I think that true capitalism really reared its ugly head when the Europeans did come and everything was seen as a resource to gain money. Like, that's actually, we didn't, surprisingly, we didn't talk about it, but that is another big theme of this movie in that, you know, he's just there for gold. And, uh, you know, it's very, uh, I, I'm not sure how accurate this was to real life but you know it reminds me of columbus and what he did in hispaniola with you know like he was just there for gold and when you know slaves couldn't find gold he would kill them and then use the slaves as as uh as capital instead of the the gold like you know that it kind of it kind of spoke spoke to me in that way like yeah they found terrible fucking land that you can't inhabit <laughs> like but that even, was, you know it's not even historically accurate you know like that whole like i think they said god golden glory in the beginning that was what the spanish claimed they sailed for so like they, oh so see they did bring that in a little bit yeah they did you know they said it right in the beginning when they were singing about going to the new world but that's actually not accurate that's not why uh you know these these englishmen went they were going there to settle the land and build a town um, not to, not so much to just find gold. So, you know, they were they were just trying to take over the Americas. Yeah, so they had cool. intentions of not leaving, and yes. which John actually does allude to during, you know, during the movie. She's like, oh, so, you know, if you guys find out we don't have gold, you'll leave. He's like, mm, some of them might. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't going promise. anywhere. They were they were staying there to to take over. But uh, you know, it definitely was. Uh, it was it was a great experience watching it for the first time. Uh, I I wish I I would have seen it when I when I was younger, you know, because looking at it through more of a you know more of a nuanced and accurate lens is you know just is a little different now. Oh, by the way, Pocahontas just knew English in the movie. She yeah, that was weird. It. Everyone could just talk. That's to what each other. I meant because like I mentioned magic. I forgot to bring that up. Like she would just listen to the wind, and she was like. Oh, I totally know English. Yeah, and I, apparently 
Everybody yeah. spoke the same language. That's what I'm saying. They were all able to talk, but like there were times <laughs> where they they weren't speaking English, and they they, they specifically noted that. But um, I guess they just wanted to make it simpler so that everyone could communicate <laughs> in the film, you know. Yeah, I also like this idea that uh, I'm about to present. We didn't talk about it before, but this idea that kind of people are very much the same regardless of what era they're in, because mm-hmm. you know we had this moment where uh, what's his name Rat Rat Skill Ratcliffe Ratscat. Ratcliffe. I was gonna say Rat. I like Ratscat better though. Ratscat. So, so Governor Ratscat, uh, you know, he has this whole savage song, which is what he uses to, you know, kind of rally up the guys and and get them ready to go and and kill themselves. In their words, they say engines. Um, and you know, it kind of rings so similar to like a Trump rally to me. Like, mm. there's always going to be like the fucking coward who's at the head, but able to convince the you know the working class that he's for them somehow, and and get them to do his bidding. Like that's, you know, that that totally was like, oh, this this guy's so Trumpish to me. <sighs> you know. Yeah, um, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. Yeah, but obviously this is before like that. You know, that was even a thing. It's so you know, before Trump even ran. So, you know, it's just the idea that, you know, there's these are a certain type of people. Like, I think villains can be a monolith. And in this case, you know, to say what Roger Ebert said, you know, he was like, oh, this film lacks a good villain. In a way, this is the most accurate villain of all. Yeah. Or one true. of the most accurate true. villains. Because it's not always going to be the, you know, the conniving magical uncle or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's going to be the capitalist who's like, all right, Go get some work done, you know, for for my sake, and I'm gonna be the one to benefit while you're the one risking your life. I want to be richer you know? so we get the money. Yeah. What, what do yeah, you? Exactly. Uh, how different do you think this movie would be if it was made in 2020? Oh shit! Uh, it wouldn't be rotoscoped. Uh, which, which <laughs> I by mean, story wise, but has yes. been done very well. <laughs> yeah. So so it would it would be done in CG. Irene Bedard would still play her. Um. You know what? It was done, and they did it in Frozen too. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? They're doing it again. They're doing a live action Pocahontas. Supposedly, is in the works. Get for the Disney. fuck out of here! Yeah. Wow. Which is it? Oh, it you know, my I, stomach we, is turning. Off mic, we talked about it. Be... They made uh, yeah. uh, a new world. I think in two thousand four, two thousand five, which was a live action version, kind of of the story. Not not Disney. Um, I think it was Terrence Malick, uh, in which Christian Bale, who plays Thomas in, in this animated version, played John Rolfe, um, the one who marries Pocahontas in that film. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're doing yeah, another they're one um, by Disney, a live action one. So I'm I am very curious how they're going to pull that off. If they're going to just oh, just adapt boy. the animated into a live action, or if they're going to make it more historically accurate. I mean, I think they're gonna have to. Like they like there's no way at this point you can't make it more historically accurate. Yeah. With the, you know, just with the existence of the internet, you know, the fans have the power, dude. We got Sonic to be Sonic. All right, that's so how we're gonna don't... push Joe Biden left. That's how we're going to push Joe Biden left. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps saying. We're going to bring that same energy. Same energy, bro. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. My stomach turns at the thought of it because I do think that now they would try and be more accurate. But there's, I think there's still going to be this theme of both sides, which, uh, you know, it has been in just our regular culture so deadly. You know, the theme of both sides, that if one side is facing eradication and the other side is the one eradicating them, that if both turn to violence, they're both wrong. You got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I think they might go that route again. They, they might. Possible. I mean, it's I don't know, man. I, ha- I haven't seen the new Mulan, so I'm curious, you know, what they what they've done with that. But 
Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure either. Like, I know a lot of people were boycotting it because um, the actual actor showed solidarity with the Hong Kong police at the time protests were going on. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a fucking bootlicker, bro. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people were <laughs> boycotting it. Fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, but, uh... But yeah, so um, so I mean, uh, I'm I'm interested in that. Let me see if there are any other uh, fun facts we we didn't we didn't mention yet. We did do a lot of talking about the real stuff. We did because I mean, you know it's a, it's an animated Disney film that's an hour and what 25 minutes, um, and it's pretty it's pretty you know there's not a lot to it. It's it's you know John Smith meets Pocahontas. He teach she teaches him that they're not savages. He teaches her that people can change, and then they bring peace and fall in love and that's that's pretty much the movie you know so there's just not a lot uh to go beyond that when you really compare it to the true story it's it's significantly different and obviously the true story is so much darker that should have been your plot summary bro right there (laughs) (laughs) right that was it but uh but yeah you know in the end smith is the one who wrote this story and he didn't even interact with Pocahontas like as much as somebody like let's say John Rolfe did, you know, like so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, make it, your own distinctions. Like the movie still, but feel free to check our show notes and sources, right? Uh, just so you see what the you know what the real stuff looks like. I forgot to mention it at the beginning somehow, but I'll mention it right now. As of Friday the thirteenth, dun dun dun. <laughs> that's right. Our Patreon has gone live, and I've added one more benefit to the resistor tier. That is the final tier, the nine dollar one. Uh, I have added uh, Audiobooch. So similar to how you have audiobooks that you'd listen to, I myself am an audiobook narrator. I'm a voice talent. So I'm going to be reading uh, different books and just putting a new chapter up of, of the book every week. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what I've decided to do. Let me tell you what I'm going to be reading as our first audiobook. Uh, with the possible impending Civil War or nuclear fallout. Uh, I will be reading How to Survive Anything Anywhere, a handbook of survival skills for every scenario and environment by Chris McNabb. Um, this was uh, this was given to me by my father-in-law after I was telling him how much I enjoyed uh, building a fire this weekend in the Catskills so that way we could we could actually cook our own food and eat off of it. It was nice. awesome. But uh but yeah, so he gave me that and he was like here don't tell anyone i use a book and then <laughs> he gave it to me and so so um you know for those of you who have like audible subscriptions and stuff like that you'll also be getting an audiobook on our on our patreon okay so and uh you know if it gets popular enough we could start voting on which books you guys want me to read that sounds awesome yeah thanks thanks but on that note I want to remind you all to listen to us and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please make sure you like and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod, Instagram at PolitipopPodcast, email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com, and as always, please find our show notes and sources at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com. This week, there's a lot, a lot more specific stuff than just what we went into. If you do want to get a pretty accurate idea of, of how actual history was and the origins of Jamestown, even just how Jamestown got along without the, you know, the native part of it. I have links to that too. Uh, and special thanks to all of you, our great listeners uh, who are choosing to put us into your ear holes every week and to Antonia Chava for logo design for the Politipop podcast. I've been Mike Booch. I've been Ty. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter what you're watching, no matter what you're reading, no matter what you're listening to, no matter what you hear or what you paint on the colors of the wind, 
Always remember to never stop thinking, never stop learning, and read between the lines. And scene. Ooh, there we go. You're nice.